0: Do you aspire to have a better connection with your daughter? Hmm? I've known this feeling, and there's a way to meet this challenge. That's what this podcast is all about. It starts with simple steps to help mothers and daughters work together and explore subjects that matter to each of them, regardless of age. Hi, I'm Amy Miller, founder of Amy's Art Palette and the host of the Mother Daughter Art Project. I'm a mom and also a credentialed art teacher, certified parent coach, artist, camp mom, and connector. Creating a stronger bridge between people is the essence of what I do, especially with mothers and daughters. This podcast was born from the positive impact that the Mother Daughter Art Project, a monthly subscription box membership, was having on so many family dynamics. You'll hear from me and experts to see the importance of building a strong bridge between mothers and daughters and have ways to make that happen. I'm so grateful you're here listening. Thank you for showing up today and for showing up for you and your daughter. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this month's episode of the Mother Daughter Art Project, also serving the Duet Project, I am here with Cheryl Gould, who's a parenting educator. She's the author of her newly released book, SOS, the technology Guidebook for parents of tweens and teens and her upcoming book, You're Not Crazy, You're Not a Bad Parent, and No, Your Teen Doesn't Really Hate You. She's the founder (laughs) of Moms of Tweens and Teens, an international organization supporting moms to grow in their self-awareness Become more effective parents and build stronger connections with their adolescents and families. Cheryl's mission for moms of tweens and teens is to provide moms in every city worldwide with a non judgmental and compassionate place to share the struggles and triumphs of raising teens and tweens. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here and be talking with you.
0: Yeah, it was such a pleasure to meet you so many months ago. And I just, from the moment we met, I remember I was sitting in my backyard. I just felt that instant connection and gratitude of being able to talk to you.
1: Well, likewise. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, like connecting with our hearts and with each other's hearts. And I did feel that heart connection with you.
0: Yeah, I did too. And connection is one of my theme words. Connection and expression is really what I go for when I'm developing the mother-daughter art project or the duet project or any kind of um, product or experience that I provide for people is the connection. It's so, so important. And I do, I want to talk to you today about connecting with our own hearts, mm-hmm. connecting with our kids' hearts, and also connecting with others' hearts, whether they're in our family or not. And why, why it's so important. Would you like to comment on that? Well, when
1: I think of connection, I think about that's how we were created. That's how we're wired to be in relationship. And connection starts with us. And that's what I've learned over the years and doing heart work. I like that word heart work that we have to first learn how to really pay attention and connect with ourselves. And I think of connection as noticing what I'm feeling. And that when you were talking about expression and I didn't learn how to do that very well growing up. So that's, that's been work for me, how to really connect. I was so afraid of conflict or I was people pleasing or, you know, all those different, different ways that I learned to, to manage as a child. And therefore it was really hard to connect with myself because I didn't know what I really wanted. And So for me and my personal story, it's been connecting with my own heart has been getting to know myself and figure out who am I and how am I feeling? What do I want? I don't think as women that, and maybe it's not even women, it's men. It's, we're not trained to even think about what we want and connection is what we're all hungry for
0: really being seen and known. Yes, I I agree with that and I think in the time that we were growing up, connection and expression it wasn't something that was really to the forefront. And whereas now in these days, connection and expression and feelings and you know, getting into our bodies and really focusing on what's happening with us and making those connections with others is something that's just more talked about. Mm-hmm. It seems more mainstream. Yes.
1: <laughs> I grew up <laughs> kind of hearing, like, what do feelings have to do with anything? You know, and I, we can, oh, touchy-feely, whoever's listening, it's like, oh, feelings. But I think it's really important to understand, to understanding ourselves. Yeah. And when I can connect with myself, then I'm going to be able to connect more
0: with you. Yes, and as we do that, then we're modeling if there's parents listening or whoever's listening, when we connect with ourselves and we model for others around us, whether it be our spouses, our kids, our friends, our family, when we connect with ourselves, it's kind of like that putting that oxygen mask on first in the plane. We're taking care of ourselves. We're seeing what our needs are. And then when we're, then we're able to better relationship with others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes.
1: And I think, you know, when you were talking about the different, like with our kids and if we're married with our spouse or our partner, whoever it is, it might look different. So if I'm in relationship, like, you know, with, I don't know, a family member that maybe I'm not as close to, then that relationship's going to be a little different. Maybe it's not going to be as deep. But I do notice, I really do now long to be more deeply connected with people. Used to be scared of it, still scared of it some, but I I do notice that that's what I really want and long for.
0: Have you ever heard of the term, the layers of the onion? Yes, yes. So there are different layers of connection. I mean some people you're connected to on the like as the paper, the onion paper, like the person who's checking you out at the grocery store. If you see the same person time after time, you're connected with them, but if they're not anything that you're really going to seek to establish a deeper relationship, but you have that connection as if they were the outside of the onion. And then the deeper you get into the onion, there's acquaintances and, you know, friends and then close friends and then intimate friends. And then you're like, the inner onion is reserved for those few people, maybe even just one person. Mm -hmm. Some people just have one person in their inner onion and I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, everyone is different.
1: Yes. I, and and I think that having even that one person is important or we end up feeling so alone.
0: Yeah. So connection can be used. It's a very powerful tool and especially a powerful parenting tool because when our kids feel connected to us, there's so many benefits when they're feeling connected. They want to listen better. They, they want to please yeah. us. And because, because they're feeling connected and heard and acknowledged, right? So it yes. takes work to do that. So let's talk about ways we can create those strong and powerful and interconnected connections.
1: Yes, that's what I love to talk about. Well, I, I love John Gottman, Dr. John Gottman. He followed children. Now he, he deals a lot with couples and marriage, but he also has done a lot of work with children. And he, he watched kids from infancy through until they were adults. And what he found was that more than anything else, more than IQ, more than you name it. you know What impacted people the most, kids the most was those, those kids that were raised in families where they did emotions. And he says, emotions are the heart of connection. And I love that. And I have found that in my work that I do in my own life and supporting parents with their kids or caregivers with their kids that 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 rings true because we all want to feel seen we all want to like you said we all want to be heard we want to feel understood and all of those things help us to feel safe emotionally safe they help us to feel soothed like when we're anxious and then we feel secure which are the safe, seen, soothed, and secure. Those are attachment needs. But what I think we forget is it's never too late to develop those, whether it's for ourselves or whether it's as parents, we can learn how to do that. And I need to be able to truly see you and your heart and who you, the essence of who you are. And how do we do that? Like, that's the question. And it really comes through doing less. It's really about listening. And I always tell the moms, it's 80% listening, 20% talking. And, and just like, we can even say, oh,
0: hmm, you know, really? Yes. yes. I, as I was preparing for our conversation, I came across an article about acknowledging If if we just acknowledge the feelings doesn't mean we think the feelings are good or bad or right or wrong or that we agree with them or disagree with them acknowledging just provides the sense that you I hear you I hear what you're feeling I see it I understand that you're feeling this way not that I agree or, or any of that, but it just shows that they've been heard. And just that acknowledgement sometimes can make a big difference.
1: A huge difference. And I find that instead, we usually want to correct the person that they shouldn't feel the way they feel, especially if it's directed at us, like what you're hurt. I said that, why would you be hurt? You know, you're, you're too sensitive or whatever, you know? And then we get defensive versus going, oh, you're hurt. Like, you know, I hear you're hurt and tell me what hurt you. And being curious about, we judge the feeling.
0: Yeah, in those moments, I know I I must've spoken to you about this before. And I know that I've spoken about it before on the podcast, but in those moments when we, I'm about to feel defensive if someone says something to me, I curl my toes. Oh can yeah, you do, right? I do that with you. What it does is like it makes me pause. Like, wait a second, you. I want to make sure that I'm not going to say something that's going to get us down a rabbit hole of an argument, or and also on the flip side. If I am sensing, I want to say like what you said, you're hurt, really? I I want to stop myself from saying those things too. So just taking a moment to remember to acknowledge because it validates their feelings. They feel accepted and loved and that their feelings are appropriate no matter what. Well,
1: when you think about it, like who would you wrap? Who do you want to call when you're really hurting? You want to be able to call somebody that's going to sit with you in the pain or is going to validate if you're feeling angry or whatever it is, sad, rather than telling you that you shouldn't feel that way or giving you advice. That's another way that we, it's so easy, especially as moms, I find to want to fix it because it's really hard to watch our kids struggle, to watch them be upset, to watch them feeling sad or anxious. But the very thing that's going to soothe is actually by listening. That's what calms us down. So when I have a friend I call that I can do that with, her just listening and going, wow, that makes so much sense that you feel that way. I immediately feel less,
0: like my feelings go, you know, I'm okay. When we have that as moms or parents uh, or friends, that solution, brain on, like, I want to fix this for you. I've in the past caught myself saying, so is this a time you want me to just listen right now? I can be here for you. Or are you seeking advice? Like ask permission before you give the advice. Maybe they do just want to dump all their feelings onto you and be heard and seen, acknowledged and validated. So asking permission before speaking will also help create a connection because you're 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 asking for the the you're asking for permission to to give advice
1: yes i think that is powerful what you just said you know asking for it my family calls me out on it (laughs) they're like mom you're giving me unsolicited advice or my husband (laughs) will say that to me or i will sometimes go well would you like you know my thoughts on that they'll go no (laughs) my husband jokes, he says, sometimes you still tell, (laughs) sometimes you still give it to me when I say no, because it's hard not to, you know, but we all do that, but it's, it's not helpful and giving that advice when it's not asked for, especially if you're raising teenagers, because they're not usually going to listen. They, if you want them to listen to you, you have to listen to them. Right. And, and we forget that piece
0: sometimes when we move we we motion forward towards our children teens they're going they're going the same direction so if we're moving forward they're moving backwards Mm -hmm. and we can never catch up so if I stay where I'm at or even take a step back and not a step back away as an uninterested in my kids but just like a step back then I found that they'll step forward yes
1: oh yeah yeah that when we we take you know take that pause and step back that then they can yeah they'll be more apt to lean in i compare it to like a feral cat you know under the bed and we want to chase them down and like pull them out from under (laughs) or even a turtle like the turtle goes in the shell and if they feel safe enough to come out that we're not just going to come at them they will come out yeah you know yeah yeah and start talking more
0: and our our job as um, parents and and humans is when people start talking more we just need to be listening yes acknowledging listening because that's That's where the connection comes in. I mean, it all comes back to connection, the heart connection. We're listening to the heart. What are they really saying? They just want to be heard. One of the things I like to have my guests do is explain their topic in several different ways. Okay. So the topic is connecting with your heart, our heart your heart, what does it mean? As if you were gonna explain it to a kindergartner, what does it mean to connect with your heart? I mean, I'm using your and our right now, but what I, what I really wanna say is, how would you explain to a kindergartner if they were connecting with their, their own heart, what it would feel for them?
1: Well, I have grandchildren and my grandson's going to be going into kindergarten and my granddaughter next year will be going into second grade. And they are so good at connecting with their heart. At that age, they are so honest and, and not conditioned, you know, to, to what the world is telling them, you know, that they should be feeling or what they should say. And, My, my daughter has done a lot of teaching and so she's really good and she's worked with autistic kids and a big part of working with autistic kids is getting them in touch with their feelings too. And so she's really been great with my grandkids and so they are very aware of what they are feeling. So I, I think that if I was to be talking to my grandkids, and talking about what it means to connect with your heart. It's like, there's all this noise out there and people talking and things happening and we can get all lost in all of this. But when you want to connect with your heart, like you can put your hand on your heart and say, what am I feeling right now? Like, what do I feel? Do I feel sad? Am I happy? Am I excited? Am I scared? And am I angry? And then what do I need? Like, what are those feelings telling me? Because we tend to make like anger a bad emotion. But anger, you were talking about the onion. And have you ever heard of the anger iceberg? I don't think I have. Well, anger's at the top because it's a secondary emotion. But underneath anger, there's usually a lot of other feelings. So anger is really important to listen to. And we tend to, especially with our kids, want to cut that off because we're uncomfortable with it usually versus being curious about it. So I think to a kindergarten, it's like paying attention to what you're feeling and then what might you need? Like, what does that tell you about yourself? And because usually a feeling is connected with, a, with, I call them hungers, with a desire. Maybe I'm not feeling heard. Okay. What do I need to do? You know, what do I need that makes to a say? Lot of sense,
0: yeah. how You um, explain that. That the feelings are related to or connected to a, a hunger, a desire. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think they have to experience it. Like explaining it, they might not, they might, they'll probably get it if you ask questions. I think if we tell them, but I think it's through the daily example, like my granddaughter, this, this is, I think, a good story for no matter what what age your kids are but we were playing outside and we were playing some game and nobody was doing it her way. So she was very upset about it. And so she stomped off, she sat on the ground, she was pouting. <laughs> and you know, she was just mad, nobody was paying attention. And I ended up going over to her and saying, "Hey, what's going on? You know what are you doing? I'm mad. Nobody nobody is playing my game." And I was like, "Oh, That's just so frustrating. What do you need to do so people wanna play your game? What can you do? You know, and she she like started thinking about it and she got up and she was like, come on, play my game. You know, she just started expressing and then we were playing her game, you know rather than getting her in touch. I think with our kids, what is it you're needing right now? Just like you said, like, what do you need from me right now? Do you want me to listen? Do you, you you know, are you looking for feedback? Asking questions is very, I think more powerful than telling.
0: So part of the mother-daughter art project and the duet project, the main um, heart of the experience are the questions that that I provide around the one topic. And for this topic, connecting our heart with our heart or your heart and my heart and the kids' hearts and others' hearts. I'm going to curate some questions that start out easy to talk about, easy to ask and easy to answer. And then as they go through the questions, then um, they become more profound and and thoughtful. And I always guide the, the participants to just say, Listen with curiosity. Ask questions. Listen and be authentic and honest with your answers because that's how we're going to know how we have that. Be in that safe relationship so that when we are feeling angry, you will feel better to go to that person with the with the anger or the the upset, knowing that you have this way of dialoguing back and forth about whatever it is you're feeling.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's a great exercise to do and be able to model that and, and help whoever it is to understand the other person. I think we assume a lot. I know I certainly do. Like I assume I know what the other person's going to say, but I'm finding when I ask questions, like what, what do you mean by that? Where I don't make assumptions. I'm always surprised. It's never what I think it's going to be.
0: That's really a great question to remember. Like can you tell me more? What do you mean by that? And not make the the story in our head.
1: Yeah, it, it's always surprises me with my husband, with my kids, with a client. I'm always like, wow, that was not what I thought. And I'm just finding that so powerful to knowing to, and knowing someone.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that was for a kindergartner. And would it, how would it shift if you were talking to someone who was in late elementary school, like fourth and fifth grade, sixth grade?
1: Well, I think it might actually be this very similar. I think it always starts with, you know, when you connect with your heart, just noticing, you know, what do you notice you're feeling? You know, what is your, maybe even what's your heart telling you? Yeah. And You know, what is your heart telling you that, that to listen to our hearts are, it's very important to pay attention to our hearts and the more that we can actually model that for our kids, they're going to get more skilled at doing it. And they, and here's the thing that I find they're not going to usually know at that age, you know, they're, they might say, I don't know what I'm feeling. And that's okay. Yeah. they do become, if we can give language to it and if we can, express our own feelings. Like if I can just say, wow, I'm noticing I've got this podcast interview and like, I'm, I'm really nervous. You know, it's just modeling, expressing emotion. You're not wanting your kid to take care of you. You're not looking, you're just modeling. Oh man, I noticed I'm running late to something and I'm, feeling stressed or man, that person cut me off and I'm feeling angry, you know, you're giving language. So when our kids hear us do that, they will become more, they will start recognizing their feelings more.
0: Yeah. And so then when, as preteens and, and teenagers, when those things happen and we are identifying certain things in front of them, it's helping, it's giving them language even more so, so that when they're feeling frustrated and upset, nervous, happy, excited, they have, they have language and they have a safe um, place to talk to.
1: Well, and I love that you added happy and excited because they can be positive things too. A lot of times we don't say, oh, I'm so excited. I get to whatever, you know, I think we have to, as you're saying that, I think we have to connect with our own childlike self too
0: our own joy.
1: Yes. Yes. Like that part in us that, you know, is like, might think, I don't know, dismiss our own feelings, but that our own feelings, like we, it warrants being able to say something about how we're feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, that I I think I sometimes put a lid on it and I'm not sharing, Oh, I'm excited to go to this or, wow, I'm just, really happy. Like, I'm so grateful that I can be with you right now and no. be doing this podcast, you know, that I don't,
0: that's not natural. No, I'm with the joy or the gratitude, yeah. you could be feeling it inwardly. Chapter two of the duet project is all about living joyfully and how, how we feel in our body when we're living in joy. And I, I am the opposite of you. I, I talk a lot about what I love and And like to do outwardly. You do, you do.
1: I from the moment I first met you talking about your passion and (laughs) and your gratitude. And that's beautiful.
0: Thank you. So as the person grows older and into preteen and teen, is there anything you would add like to stack on to what we've already talked about? To explain? I would love
1: to tell a story because this is just happened yesterday because I lead um, groups and we have a membership and the moms of tweens and teens, it's called the inner circle. And we have like moms groups that meet on zoom and that's a new thing we're doing. And then I go through this, this eight week parenting program, but is so rewarding to hear these moms share. And one of the moms was sharing that in the past she would have, if her son was disrespectful, she would have said like, go to your room. Don't talk to me that way, which is so easy. We get triggered. We don't like it, you know, they're being disrespectful but what we practice in there is instead saying, "Wow, oh, I hear you're angry and, you know, tell me, you know, what's going on. You know, you're, you seem really upset. And he burst into tears and he started crying. And this is, I think he's a freshman in high school, if I'm remembering correctly, it might be in eighth grade, but he said he was being terribly bullied at school and he just let it all out. And she said she was so grateful just to, to not just try and put a lid on his emotions and send him to his room. She said, I would have missed everything that was, he was struggling with that was going on. But because I just listened and stopped and said, wow, you're angry. Tell me like, what's, what's going on? He, he shared with her. And so I think for, you know, when they, especially when they're pulling away and they're trying to individuate, become more independent. And, you know, that's all part of the developmental process that they're going through to not shut down. even those negative emotions where if they're angry be curious what's going on underneath the surface that will help them to connect with their heart and you can really get to the root of what's going on so just being curious There's usually especially if they're angry which teenagers can be moody and disrespectful sometimes and there can be a lot of different reasons but letting them express what it really is. It's that's going on underneath. And they might not even share with you, but just us planting the seed and saying, are you okay? Is there more going on that you want to talk about? They might say no at that moment, but they might come back and talk to you later. So it's, it's being that safe place for them.
0: Just like you, that that's just like the anger iceberg. The anger is the iceberg and what is happening yes. all underneath yes. that anger is That's where we need to be curious and listening and not respond in anger so that we can see that's really a powerful story. If you're going to remember anything from this podcast, remember that when someone is feeling angry, there are many more things underneath that anger that may or may not have something to do with you. So listening with curiosity, connecting to your heart so that you can connect with their heart and just. Holding space for that person, whether it be your child, your spouse, your friend, whomever. If you're going to remember anything, remember that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is powerful.
0: I've loved talking to you and having this conversation. I feel like we could go on for a long time. I'm going to have to have you back. But, Cheryl, if people wanted to find you, and I'm going to make sure I include all the links and the show notes on how to find you, but can you just l- let people know where they can find you?
1: Yes, absolutely. The website is moms of tweens and teens.com. And on Facebook, it's Moms of Tweens and Teens. And then on Instagram, it's, I think it's, is it Moms of Tweens and Teens there? Or it might be Cheryl Gould and it's Cheryl with an S. And and when you go to the website, Moms of Tweens and Teens.com, you'll find everything else. I also have a podcast, The Moms That You've Been On. Yep. yep uh, yeah. Me. Yeah. The Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. So those are the places that they can find me.
0: I actually, I have someone who at least, at least two that I can think of right now who found me through your podcast, who are members of the Mother Daughter Art Project.
1: How awesome is that?
0: I'm grateful for for you for that. Thank you so much.
1: You're so welcome. Yeah. It's been a pleasure and I'm excited to let anybody that can be doing, doing your new project, uh, the duet project. It's not just moms and kids, it's caregivers, it's grandparents, it's boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, I
0: mean. Yes. The Duet Project is for any two humans who want to connect on a deeper level through conversation and art. When we keep our hands busy, our hearts are open. And so that's the whole um the whole thing about the duet project is keeping our hands busy. So our hearts are open. We can have these conversations and we're not staring at each other across the table while we're having a meal or sitting on the couch. We are busy creating something tangible and also busy creating something tangible in our relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That connection is the most meaningful thing we can do.
0: Yep. Well, thank you so much for being here, Cheryl.
1: Thanks, Amy,
0: for having me. Thanks for listening to the Mother Daughter Art Project podcast. We welcome any reviews and comments on your favorite listening platform. You can make a lasting impact by sharing this podcast with those you love. For more information about the Mother Daughter Art Project monthly subscription box, visit amysartpalette.com. Are you feeling uneasy that you're not an artist? Don't be. I taught elementary school art and designed the projects to be accessible for all ages. I believe everyone is an artist and is just finding the right materials you enjoy working with. But remember, it's not about the project, but the process and journey you will be on with your daughter. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Amy's Art Palette. That's Amy's Art Palette with one L and two T's, and you'll get to see all the original art we've been creating and the life-changing comments from our members. Thanks for showing up and finding ways to connect today and every day.